listeners to Twin Peaks The Return, a season three podcast. I'm Andy Hazel. And I'm Hayley Inch. And we're going to be taking you through what to expect from this podcast. Um, we're recording it a few days before the season begins. And there is an awful lot to say because Hayley has just caught up with seasons one and two. And actually, we have to be careful not to call it a season because Lynch is he doesn't like that. adamant about it being an 18-hour film broken into one-hour parts. So we're going to talk about parts, not episodes. But that's sort of nomenclature out of the way. Hayley, what do you make of Twin Peaks? Oh, my goodness. So, yes, so just so the listeners are aware, uh, before Andy approached me with this fabulous idea for a Twin Peaks podcast, I had never actually watched the series I'm just pausing for a moment so that the audience can, like, take their collective breath <laughs> at that horrifying statement. Uh, mm. But it was just one of those things that I'd, I'd always been curious about it. I knew what an incredibly important series and monument, particularly to television, that it was and how extraordinarily influential it was on essentially everything that came after. Well, I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Um, a lot of people have been catching up on seasons one and two. They've certainly been streamable on Showtime and Stan and various other uh, streaming services around the world. Just coming to it, maybe not many people have seen Firewalk With Me yet, which Lynch has been saying is the number one thing to see if you're going to want to know about the tone and what to expect from Twin Peaks The Return. I'm pretty keen to find out how you think it stands up because, you know, of course you didn't watch it in 1990 or 91. No, I was five. Yeah. Yeah. Good reason not to have seen it. No, my parents would have been extremely negligent if I'd seen it (laughs) when it first came out. Yeah, and we are going to have people on who are much younger and, well, not a lot younger, but younger and able to talk about how it stands up in 2017. Um, Because we're going to have a lot of guests, one per episode, who are going to be talking about their specific niches, which we'll get into later. But first of all, I want to find out what have you been making of it? Because it would be pretty awful if you were like, nah, it's, it's, it's pants. I was deeply terrified of that. And there were a couple of moments uh, in the series where I experienced things that I was sitting there going like, oh, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm not quite sure if I like this. This is very perturbing. And I was, yeah, essentially terrified that I would have to turn to you at the end going, you're stuck with me for 13 <laughs> weeks saying Twin Peaks is crap. But <laughs> thankfully, that isn't what has happened. I was thoroughly seduced by this show I think is probably a good term for it in that it it seeps into you it it just bleeds into your life like because I'm I'm, I tried to pace myself as well I didn't want to like overwhelm myself I wanted to take time over watching each episode and having enough time to drink it in and think about it and I feel like the show is really conducive to that in that you watch an episode and so much happens and there's so much about the mood and the the energy that pulses out of the images that you see that you kind of do just want to sit with quietly afterwards and just go what was that and like going back I think that this is kind of the joy of coming to Twin Peaks in a streaming world of that you can immediately go back and you can kind of explore and you can go, I want to watch that scene again and look at it from a different perspective. And it's it really is such an extraordinary show. And I do feel like, yeah, there are definite storylines, characters, situations that maybe don't look so great from a 2017 perspective. But overall, it's really extraordinary. And you do... I don't know, from from my slightly naive position, you do look at it just kind of going, how on earth did this happen? How on earth did this show, even in the 
compromised position that it ended up being in, particularly in the second year, it really is just totally different. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting what you're talking about with uh, being, the ability to rewatch, because there has been a barrage of articles about Twin Peaks recently, of course, mm. um, and some of them have been written by me, but <laughs> not very many. <laughs> but a lot of them have been talking about how you know the crazy situation of it being made at all people weren't able to rewatch it you know there maybe some people had recorded it on, v- on VHS and there was a lot of rewatching but often those tapes got worn out and you couldn't go and buy them for quite a long time and then the Twin Peaks on different media has been a source of a bunch of articles as well because it was so the rights were so difficult to to get so there's a lot of um, confusion around that sort of stuff so the ability to go back and critically analyze it is really interesting and that's how I got into it because I did see it in 1991 when I was you know a young teen and there was not really, you know, you were like, oh, that was amazing, that blew my mind, you know, and then there was, that was pretty much it. You could buy the soundtrack and listen to that, and then later on the, the videos came out and, and, and there was a few you know, Twin Peaks watching parties, and then the book uh, Full of Secrets, Critical Approaches to Twin Peaks came out later in the 90s, and that was like, oh, my God, so there's, there is so much more to say. And then meanwhile in America there was um, John Thorne had Wrapped in Plastic magazine coming out on, you know, on a re- fairly regular basis for a long time. So I think it's hard to come up with any TV series that's had more written about it because <laughs> there's millions and millions and millions of words, you know, and people various theories but also at the time it was such a an interesting thing just to talk about with with people because everyone had theories you know there was a long there's for weeks i was sure donna you know was behind the, the evil that we were seeing in twin peaks you know she had such good motivations there was all these other things going on where people you know could, could just talk for hours and hours and hours and hours about it um which i think is partly the thing that mark frost said to me in an interview a little while ago was about if you present half a truth to somebody then they'll bring their own truth to it and then that conversation will end up being more important than the work of art that inspired that conversation and I think that probably goes more for Twin Peaks than almost anything else. I think it definitely goes for Lynch's corpus really altogether. like so many of his films just seem so apparently apparently baffling when you first watch them and it's through the re-watching and it's through the re-experiencing and it's through contextualizing these 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 works at different points in your life because I feel like a, a Lynchian film that you watch when you're 20 is completely different to a Lynchian film that you watch when you're 30 and I imagine onwards and onwards and onwards. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like Twin Peaks is probably in this amazing position right now being so fortunate in order to have it return so many years later that there's going to be so much mass appraisal of the the, the original series for for good and bad you know i think we might we, we might be heading for some kind of critical overload oh, yeah, over yeah. The yeah. Next a lot of people of are going to hate it there's no question i think oh i i mm. saw I, I think it was matt zolazice did an amazing tweet where he was like i can't wait for the army of literalists on social media <laughs> to just be polaxed by david lynch not yeah. giving a shit or something like that yeah um, but yeah it it, it really is an extraordinarily depthful work that seems like you can come back to it year after year almost watch it again and have a completely different take on it or a new insight or a new level of appreciating it in some sort of form Mm, absolutely and i think there's a lot of reason to be more have even more um critical weight on this because it's lynch now free from the shackles that he had in in, and frost in the early 90s where they had to conform to TV, you know, ad breaks and you know, the company that they were dealing with, you know, had their own agenda. A lot of people, you know, there's a lot of pressure to solve mystery. So this time I'm imagining he's going to have 18 hours, which is like about a third, possibly up to a half of his entire lifetime output. And he's going to have pretty much all the freedom he wants. He's got the budget he wanted. He's got more, you know, a bigger canvas to play with than ever before. He's bringing on 
the actors that he's worked with in the past that he's had a strongest relationships with. So it's essentially he's using he's just moving people around in the sandbox that he he wants to create, which I think is the equivalent of what Mark Frost has done in his book uh, The Secret History of Twin Peaks and his other book that's going to be coming out in October, which is recapping lives of the Twin Peaks residents between 1991 and 2017. Wow. Which is <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. And it's interesting that Lynch has said, I've not even opened those books, I've not even looked at them, so they're going to have nothing to do with the TV series that we're going to see. But, yeah, I think given the weight of critical <laughs> appraisal, the fact that there's been now been, with every year more and more people have seen Twin Peaks, there's going to be so much pressure and people are going to be really annoyed, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I only just watched the end of... Uh, the the original uh, series about four days ago, yeah. and I was very mad. Yes, <laughs> I was extremely reason. furious. Yeah. yeah, we've had twenty six years to sit with this fury. <laughs> I know that was one of the things I said immediately afterwards. I said I cannot believe that people have been sitting there waiting and just just blindly hoping that there would be some resolution to this and and my my read on this of just years of lynchian business is just like i don't think any of us are going to have any resolutions from this new series at all because that's not lynch's deal so yes i I don't think that this in a whole will be a podcast where we're attempting to find out lynch's ultimate meaning and find coherence out of it i don't think either of us are terribly interested in that kind of conversation We'll be bringing more questions to questions. Yes, yes. <laughs> questions upon questions upon questions. And please ask us questions. Yeah, absolutely. Just to give you a better idea about what to expect, we have only some spoilers about Twin Peaks The Return, but not very many. I did go to the Twin Peaks Festival last year and went visited a bunch of the locations and talked to some cast members and talked to some locals of the town where they did a lot of the filming. And some of them had some things to say about what they'd seen. Um, some of the fans had driven from other states to watch the production take place and... You know, there's a few grainy photos of Lynch directing people at 4am that some very excited friends of mine have taken. Um, and so there are little glimpses that we're going to... that we're probably not going to talk about, actually, because mm. I think that would couldn't um, really improve the discussion that we're going to have necessarily. But there has been trailers released um, by Showtime. You're, you've watched them, but I haven't watched any of them yet. Yeah, I've watched them and gotten very emotional about it. And now oh. there's a lot of um, stress about how best to watch the TV series because I was hoping it would be turning up in cinemas the way it is... Um, if people are lucky enough to go to to be in North Bend in Washington, there's cinematic screenings there. And I was pressuring Stan <laughs> a lot because I, I know uh, the publicist there. Hello, Adam, if you're listening, to try and <laughs> arrange some sort of screenings there. There is a, uh, a screening that's happening in Sydney about six hours, I think, before the televisual screening. It's playing at Cannes on the weekend, so there'll be little bits here and there that may come in on social media. A friend of mine's already seen the first four episodes and has told me you will be in heaven. But, that's um, what we want to hear. Yeah, so that's, exactly, that's, that's the sort of thing I'm happy sharing. <laughs> no details as far as we know. No, we, we, we don't want to, you know, spoiler anyone who wants to go in, like, completely pure. Mm, which is the way Lynch yeah. wants it. And that's the way I think the majority of fans want it as well. Mm. Uh, yes, Lynch, he, Lynchian fans seem generally very well behaved from what yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, well, there is. They from do, what they, I've noticed. Yeah, they tend to be an interesting um, mix of people. If you do want spoilers, you can go to dougpar.com slash worldofblue. Twin Peaks, there's a spoiler thread there, which is where people are doing a lot of prognosticating. Um, but we do have uh, guests. The, f- um, the first episode, which we're going to be um, bringing out Wednesday, May 23rd, is going to feature an interview with a very key cast member, which we're not going to spoil now, but if you pay attention to us on uh, social media, if you follow us at TP Season 3 podcast um, on Twitter or Twin Peaks the return a season three podcast on facebook then we'll be letting you know closer to the time 
But um, the weekend, the the episode after that, we'll have Eloise Ross on, who's one of the co-hosts of Cultural Capital, and she's going to be talking about noir. And yes, Cultural Capital is also Andy's other podcast if you would like to listen to him talk about film in general, which I heartily recommend you do. With um, Eloise Ross and Anders Furs, who know more about these things than I do. Um, she'll be talking a lot about the influence of noir because, you know, it did begin as a detective story. That's the way it was sold to, you know, back in 1990 or even 89, I think, when they first started putting it all together. It was like, you know, a woman in trouble, a woman with blonde hair in trouble. <laughs> pretty much the, the basis for every single David Lynch yes, um, production. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that because Eloise is one of the best people for classical Hollywood cinema that I know of. Yeah. So she'll have lots of fabulous insights if noir is your jam. Mm. And I imagine we'll be getting onto a lot of other subjects, probably feminism, will loom largely in these discussions, I imagine. Um, later on, we'll also be having Claire Nina Norelli in to talk about the music. She's written a book about it, so there's pretty much no one better qualified on the planet to talk about Angela Bedlamenti and David Lynch. She wrote the, the book, The Soundtrack to Twin Peaks, which is published by Bloomsbury um, as part of the 33 and a third series on albums. And she's in that book, she goes a lot into the musicology of it. She breaks musical passages down and looks at the recurring motifs in the previous work of Battle of Menti. It's fascinating, and I highly recommend it. I'm massively obsessed with the music of Twin Peaks now, and pretty much any time that I cannot be sitting down actually watching the show, I am listening to the soundtrack or listening to Julie Cruz mm. and just floating away off into the Pacific Northwest again. Yes. Yes, seeing her perform some of those songs last year was the highlight of my life. In please times. please tell me we will have a segment of an episode that is just devoted to going to the Twin Peaks Festival because oh, I need to mm. hear all about this. Yes. Well, I would like to have somebody else on. If I think there is a couple of other Melbournians who've been there and it would be great to talk about that. Because it is coming back again this year, there's some pretty exciting guests they've already confirmed. I imagine it'll just go off this year. Yeah, There's well, so much more new to talk about. Well, they cap it at 300 people. Wow. It sold out in 15 minutes this year, and I think it sold out in about 45 minutes last year. So, yes, they're pretty, pretty lucky people. Mm. A lot of them are recurring... Um, people. <laughs> Visitors. So, yeah, there's basically yeah. a ginormous family that's built oh, around it, which is the most interesting thing. Um, we'll also be having Sarah Ward on for a couple of later episodes. She's um, a, basically one of the greatest pop culture theorists in the country. She's and no stranger to podcasts either. She's fantastic pedigree in that area. Oh God, I've made her sound like a dog. You're not a dog, Sarah. No. <laughs> You're just an extremely talented human being, and I'm looking forward to you visiting. <gasps> So looking forward to Sarah visiting. In, in any time when you can get Sarah in a spot to talk extendedly about something is just a glorious gift of a thing. And we will have her for two episodes, mm. and I'm so stoked. Yes, she's coming down from Brisbane for the Melbourne International Film Festival, and so we're going to take advantage of that and get her in. Also, we're going to be breaking up a lot of the episodes into sections because there is so much to, that you we can't digest. We need a few um, signposts, I suppose, to be able to... Regular organized. segments, yeah. you know. So there's going to be something a... we can put jaunty theme music. Oh to. yeah, I'm, I will do have to record some more <laughs> jaunty theme music. The first one is going to be throwbacks, which is allusions to previous Lynch movies and season one and two of Twin Peaks, because there is going to be a lot of stuff that people are going to go, oh, I, I've spotted that. You know, that's um, a rose, a blue rose. What does this mean? So we can talk about that for a bit, or um, various foodstuffs or animals and various other things. It's <laughs> pretty obsessed with. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some allusions to some golden age Hollywood, as mm -hmm. there was in the first couple of seasons. Um, and also the way that I imagine he's going to want to juxtapose uh, symbolism, which he's known to do. Um, particularly if anybody's seen the missing pieces section of Firewalk With Me, there's that's got even more symbolism in it than we were expecting. There's also going to be a section called That's Lynchian! <laughs> 
which is the weirdest <laughs> moment of the, epi- of the episode, because every episode is going to have its most bizarre yeah. and far out. Yeah. I'm hoping it's timed like so many episodes in the original season within the last two minutes of the episode, because that was always my joy when I was just kind of like, oh, okay, nothing weird's happened for a while, and then all of a sudden, shit would just turn, yeah. and you'd check and you'd be like, oh, it's two minutes to go, we're cramming it all in, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many fantastic moments in the first seasons, and I'm expecting everything just gears up, and then all of a sudden your heart's just palpitating, and you're sitting there going, "What's happening?" Yeah, or Dale Pepper's looking at a llama. Yes, well, why not? It's all good, wouldn't you all? Um, And there's going to be another section called Triumphs of Audio, which is notable uses of sound design. Because if there's one thing that anybody, you know, doesn't matter what you think of him generally, if you turn the vision off and just listen to the sound, there's so much going on there. So. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing it to electrical hums, mm-hmm. to there being, you know, of course, Battle of music, to be uh, the music of other musicians, such as Johnny Jewell, who's already released some music that is going to feature in Twin Peaks The Return. So I think there's a lot going to be a lot to digest there. And I'm hoping to get some people who know more about that sort of stuff than I do to onto the show to talk about this more in depth. Um, another one called Colours. Um, what's going to happen with use of colours? Because there's a lot of um, history of Lynch working with um, the shades of blue, or there's you know lack of green in a lot of um, scenes, and very deliberately. Um, Which is going to be gorgeous. I feel. I feel like Lynch makes you. Lynch is one of those directors that really makes you think about film craft and. Particularly, like you said, use of colour, use of framing. Twin Peaks is one of the most extraordinarily beautiful programs that I've ever seen. And the way it just juxtaposes that beauty with often the horror that's inherent within the very same frame often is just so extraordinary. So, yes, I think we're going to be a little bit obsessed with, particularly now that we can just watch back our favourite scenes over and over Mm. and over again, we will definitely be very fixated on how the cinematic screen is structured, how that relates to television as a form, and, of course, Mm. our new ephemeral form of of streaming media. Mm. As well as the frame itself. The ratio has changed a lot since Mm -hmm. the 1990s, so I'm keen to see how he's going to work with that. Um, there's going to be top of the props. Please let me know if these pun-based ones are just annoying you. So I'm gonna be... never going to reject a pun, Well, ever. I just think there's a better quality pun to be made. But at the moment, I'm going with top of the props. Please there's... please email us with your suggestions. Yeah, that would be great. Because there are often notable props. Mm. They'll just turn up and they'll do their own thing. They'll be like, well, you know, a, a moose head on a desk. You know, rotating pie on a lazy Susan. Oh, that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. that, we're going to be talking about that. Um, and also changes, mobile phones, laptops. How did the elderly Lynch Frost render young people in 2017? I'm really keen to see how... I'm very keen to see that, considering it seems like there are a lot of new characters coming in who are obviously going to be a lot younger, possibly the type of people who, like me, were not old enough to watch (laughs) Twin Peaks the first time around. And, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how the world of Twin Peaks contextualises our modern world, basically. A lot of the things that people would analyse relentlessly would be products of the subconscious of an elderly white um, American male from the Midwest. And so when he deals with you know, certain archetypes, it's going to be done in a certain way, which mm. may not age as well as other people who are starting out in TV shows now might think of them. So that sort of frisson, I think, is going to be worth exploring, mm. maybe in its own segment. Maybe if there aren't enough changes, uh, maybe not, but we'll see. Mm. At the moment, that's what we're working with. Excellent. I'm sure that as we watch things, we will come up with more categories. These things will be shifting. They will be evolving. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm very keen to see what our guests decide is uh, worthy of attention as well. Absolutely, because that's the great thing about Twin Peaks. Everyone has their own theories, has their own 
particular bents, their mm. own favourite characters, their own things that they're not so keen on, and we're really just willing to hear it from absolutely everyone. Yes, I'm fully expecting to be totally wrong about almost everything. Oh, I'm so excited to be wrong about stuff. I think it'll be also be interesting watching our interplay, Andy, considering that as I'm extremely new to everything, I'm still catching up on stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff I haven't read. I'm madly catching up with all of the gossip surrounding the, <laughs> the, the making of the original series. Please let me know your favourite pieces of Twin Peaks trivia. I will gladly gobble them up. Yeah, um, Whereas Andy is just like almost a walking encyclopedia of um, Twin Peaks There are so many knowledge. people out there. I mean, plus there are so many Twin Peaks podcasts um, mm. as well as people who've written... Like, extensively in various media yes. about it. I'm so, also excited to listen to other podcasts yeah. and hopefully we will have some great recommendations for you if you just want to binge mm. absolutely orally on everything Twin Peaks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to borrowing things and acknowledging their sources um, mm-hmm. and bringing them onto the podcast as well because there are so many fantastic people. The Diane podcast recently did a double part episode on Fire Walk With Me and they had so many brilliant theories and again opened the movie up to me again so I need to go and watch it for the 84th time. It's <laughs> okay. We will, uh, Auntie and I actually going to watch Firewalk with me. We will probably have seen it together by the time you hear this. It will be my first time watching it. I'm very excited. Andy is apparently coming dressed as Special Agent Dale Cooper, which is, the, Dale Cooper. which is the greatest thing I've heard in my life. And oh, I'm so well, there is photographic evidence of this. I didn't make it into the final three in the costume prize at the Twin Peaks Festival last year, but there were some brilliant, um, um, brilliant efforts. Um, but also, if you live in a large city, then you're probably going to be near a place that's screening Firewalk with me at some point. In Melbourne alone, there is, I think, three screenings of it in the next week uh, one with a live score from the band Jazz Party at the Avalon Hotel which I think has sold out the pop-up Twin Peaks bar at Howler which we're going to be at, at tomorrow is doing its own version there and then the Astor is also screening it as well I saw it la- last year at the Acme where they had an original 35mm print which was very exciting oh, but wow. it was also terrible quality uh... <laughs> and so that Criterion Collection edition of 4K remastering I think it is cannot come soon enough, soon enough. But, it, but, but until then I think the best thing we can do is watch it at a cinema like yes. This. I think also if you check out uh, the Astra, I think they're doing a lot of Lynchian things oh, are, yes. over the next week. So uh, check into that and head on down if you yes, can make it. Yes, including the David Lynch uh, documentary that's just come out recently as well. Yes. Uh, I think David that's, Lynch, I think Art that's, and Life. I think that's screening right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's also screening on the 23rd of May while we'll be recording the oh, next episode. Oh, so, there we go. Unfortunate clash, Alas. but we, the podcasters demand it. Yes. We, we will sacrifice all for the podcast. <laughs> um, so, yes, please do um, follow us and tune in and give us some feedback if you think there's something we've missed or if there's something you, you think that we should be paying extra attention to. And thank you very much for those who've already listened to us and are following us on Facebook and Twitter. We're already so overwhelmed considering you've only had, like, two minutes to judge whether you'd, <laughs> like, to, yes. whether you'd like to listen to two Australians just natter on about... Mm. about everything peaking yes. um, and our email address is tpseason3podcast at gmail if you'd like to send us something a little longer than a Facebook post or a please do maybe we can have a listener mail section mm. that's a brilliant idea I would love mm. that me today of a small Mexican chihuahua.